right, we are live on the pod. Welcome to Over the Top, recording here on a Monday night. Uh, Justin, after two match weeks, well, it's been two match weeks, I, I should say, since we last spoke. And uh, since then, we've seen a big name manager lose his job. That's right. It's time for us to say good evening to you, fans. Good evening to you, Justin. What's up, man? Good evening. Welcome. It if you don't know, sense. if you don't know, you'll find out in a few minutes. But we had a uh, two match weeks in that condensed week. It's only been a week since we've talked to you all. But man, not a good week for you. No, I was like trying to avoid it with this whole good evening thing. So which oh, I'm not, I'm not gonna. If, yeah, truly, if you know, you know, with the good evening thing. But uh, yeah, it's this is gonna be a rough rough episode for me i'm like i don't have any beer either so it's like this is one really of my bad. rare beerless podcasts but this isn't the mm. the one to for that to happen but such is life i've got a a hoe garden mm-hmm. i see Belgian, you. right i see you yeah. showing off yeah i mean coriander I have- and orange peel it's a good one. It's a good one. I mean, I have the bottle of mescal downstairs, but that's not really the pace I'm trying to set at uh, I mean, we'll see on a Monday, but we'll see. Maybe if we fit in the United Spurs game into our schedule, which we don't have, maybe if we if we just do a full recap of the game, then you'll get out the mezcal. Maybe. I mean, shit. Maybe is that is that your is that a segue? Is that what's happening right no, now? No. <laughs> No, but what we should do is just set the stage because there are a couple big things that happened in match week 12. One was a result and more as a more big picture thing that happened. And then we'll talk about some games from match week 13, uh, just the highlights. And then we'll do a deep dive on one of the American clubs, so to speak. And, we'll, you know, for fans of that club, we'll, you'll know what I'm talking about. And then we'll do rapid fire. But Kyle, I think to start off match week 12, Nothing, nothing big happened besides probably United to Spurs nil at Old Trafford. You don't have to go into this game too much, but my takeaway from this, and correct me if you feel differently, but I didn't think Spurs showed up at all. Honestly, I thought they were kind of lifeless. I thought their attack was missing. And even though United were firing from halfway across the field, it felt that sometimes I didn't feel like Spurs were threatening at all. And it's just this pattern that we've seen over the last over a year and a half where Sun and maybe some others just do their disappearing magician act and don't show up during the game. That was my thought. What did you think, Kyle? The the point I disagree with you on is uh, like – how bad it was i think they were straight basura they were terrible uh, they were yeah. awful like it it was really surprising how bad they were like top to bottom um you're dead on about the disappearing act but look i mean united deserves a lot of credit they it, it this will sound weird because we haven't said this in like at least five years maybe even more but <laughs> what stood out to me is united they pressed well as a unit and they played well as a team which United has been a team full of individuals with, uh, without any semblance of tactics for like four years under Ollie. And here they are pressing together, playing a good system. I actually don't think United on the ball were all that great, but Spurs were so bad and United has the quality to hurt them anyway. So um, damaging loss for Spurs. They're definitely in their rough patch right now, which we'll talk more about, but United, they're uh, 
they're kind of on the up. And do you disagree with that? That that United are looking up? Oh, a hundred percent, they're on the up. I mean, yeah. from what they were last season and what Ole was doing over there, I mean, yeah, they're on the up for sure. I mean, it's a one of the eye-catching stats from this game. It's like twenty-eight total shots for United. I mean, yeah. it's not as bad as it seems because, like I said, they were firing in the first half, especially from way out from distance. But yeah. they were definitely the more, you know, attacking threat in the game for sure. And the cohesiveness, like you alluded to, that yeah. United has, and they've integrated Casemiro more and more. I mean. It's not 20 days ago, essentially, that they were absolutely bent over and smacked by City. Yeah. Basically, it's 21 days ago as of recording, I think. And since then, there have been a lot of games. They've beaten Everton. They've beaten, like, Ammonia Nicosia. It's not how you say it, but uh, (laughs) they drew Newcastle, and then they beat Tottenham, and then we'll get to the next game in a bit. But, like... Yeah. They're definitely on a better run of form and they're trying to find themselves in the cohesiveness. They've integrated that Jaden Sancho and Anthony wide players. I mm-hmm. feel like they found that and they kept with it. Still not sold on Marcus Rashford. I have to yeah. be honest. I feel like he doesn't put away a lot of opportunities. He gets a lot of good opportunities. I just don't feel like he's a stri- good striker for them. Yeah. He gets a lot of good movement, but as far as his finishing, I feel super lacking. So yeah. Definitely could upgrade there. But overall, I think that they're a much better team. Now, do I think that there are a title threat or, you know, challenging the biggest teams in the country? No, that's my personal take. But they're definitely, definitely moving in that direction. Uh, United are top four contenders. I don't know what you're talking about. How can you how can you not look at that squad and think, OK, now they well, that's actually not what I said. I said. I said I said they're I not the top teams in the country. Yeah, which yet is is true, but they'll they'll be in and around there for the top four race. But yeah, I don't know. For longest time, good squad, not putting it together. The same can be said about this next squad. We're going to talk about next game. Aston Villa, oh, getting smacked on their trip down to West London, three uh, nil by Fulham. Ooh, yes, Fulham three, Aston Villa nil. Truth. Truly atrocious, atro- atrocious performance. Uh, bad enough that our boy, well, I don't know about our boy, but I grew up loving Steven Gerrard, CVG. Mm. Yeah, Slippy it's G. A, it's been a bad year. Gerrard is out. I mean, that kind of performance will do that to you. It, it looks like this Villa team was just no longer um, playing for them. So for all the hype when Gerard came in, what, like January of last year, the media, the English media did all they could to hype him up and um, really disappointing. I mean, this just goes to show that former great players are not necessarily going to be great managers. I don't think his managerial career is going to be over at all, but damn, this, his, his reputation as a manager took a major hit after the stint. For sure. I mean, he did you would have to say a decent job at the bare minimum at Rangers before he yeah. left to Aston Villa, right? Because Rangers was basically on the ascendancy after they went yeah. bankrupt. Um, but yeah, I mean, there is nothing promising in that start. I mean, you look at all the wins, the statistics, everything. I think it was much worse than how Dean Smith, the previous manager, performed at Aston Villa. And this for all the attacking quality, and we've said this all season, right. like, Whereas Danny Ings, Ollie Watkins, as you said, looks like worse than a Sunday league player. I think those are your direct quotes. Um, <laughs> you know, Douglas Louise keeps getting red cards, which he did in this game, which didn't help the results. 
Uh, Leon Bailey, tons of quality. Doesn't feel like he has a lot of help. Goes missing some games. So they have to put it together and, you know, they have to go out or went out and find a coach that plays good attacking soccer and has a system that these players can mold around and try to find some cohesiveness. Uh, well, actually, I'm not going to reveal. I'm not going to do the great reveal yet. We'll, we'll get there. How's that? How's this sound? Yeah, but Gerard sacked. And I feel like we have to get ourselves a little pat on the back, Kyle. You and oh, I yes. both agreed that Gerard would be sacked by Christmas. And we're not even to yeah. Halloween yet. We got the we got the holiday wrong, but the general sentiment is correct. With our with our crystal ball, we were right again. I don't think we'll re- be right about Lampard because we said Gerard and Lampard out. But no, I mean, never say never, but after this one... last week. Uh, yeah. I think I think he's good. I think L- Lamps to Christmas, I think, is a is a yeah. guarantee. Agreed. Agreed. There's they only four more. Something only crazy what? would have to. Only what? Like four more games till the World Cup? Is that right? Right. Yeah. So I, I would highly doubt. Yeah. Lampard's not going anywhere. I mean, we've had four managers sacked already by Halloween. It's crazy. And it kind of feels like more in a way, but this is just kind of like almost, new... almost five. Almost five. Steve Cooper almost got the axe. And then instead, they gave him a new contract for two and a right. half more years. That was right. weird. Right. And uh, we'll talk about this a little bit more, but uh, more managers on the hot seat. Uh, yeah. Come tier, tier, tier. Not Tottenham. Are we breaking Are we breaking out the, the ramen? It might be time. Do we have enough ramen worthy contester contenders right now? I feel like we have about two or three. I'd have to think about it a little bit. Maybe in a month or two, we'd have four. Yeah. 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 Anyways. Should we get to match week 13? Anything else you want to call out match week 12 for our listeners? Not really. It was kind of like a uh, kind of like what substandard week with not that many big games or that many eye catching results, really. So I think those are the two that really kind of like set up week 12. I'm just like going through these real quick. I mean, Lesser got a win over Leeds. We'll talk more about Leeds a little bit later. Wolves looking uh, pretty lifeless without their man without a manager. They got to yep. figure out that situation. Yep, yep. Ch- uh, Chelsea goes to Brentford and puts a a nil nil on the scoreline. That's not good. I was gonna say all this talk about uh, Graham Potter and great flowing football, which like we know he's capable of. Brent, yep. Brighton mm-hmm. did, but uh, mm-hmm. proved Brighton's it. main goal main issue is goal scoring. Chelsea's main issue has been goal scoring. So, but I think more to come on, on that. More to come. It's still like in the it's trial period, yeah. you know? So yeah. trying to figure out his team and all that Fulham leads. Yeah. So let's move on to match week 13, which was this past weekend. And I think we have to start with the big guns. Chelsea and United played at Stamford bridge and at the death was really all the action in this game where yeah. they drew one, one, but the Last two goals coming within the last five minutes of regular time. Jorginho gets a penalty. You know, you were explaining the penalty pretty well. I mean, I watched the game, but you were explaining it pretty well, how McTominay hooked him. And it was kind of like one of those things where it was a by-the-book foul. But even though, you know, if you're a fan of United, you probably don't like the call. But then Casemiro coming up, I think is the 94th minute, or 93rd, Casemiro with the header, um that ties it for United scores the equalizer. And I don't know, is that a $60 million goal? I don't know. It probably has to prove <laughs> himself a little more, but 
don't know. I, I, I'll say my takeaway first and then hand it over to you. I think that I was super unimpressed with Chelsea. Now, I thought United definitely deserved a point, maybe three from that game. Yeah, I, well, I wasn't super the, – the one thing I slightly disagree with you on is, like, I wasn't super impressed with either. But oh, that's I fair. De- yeah. I definitely think United was a better team, though, because uh, when I was watching United, I was thinking, like, ah, it's, it's, it's unfair that it's nil-nil and that United is not in the lead. And then when they went 1-0 down, I was just thinking that just it would be criminal for them to lose this game. That being said, though, I didn't think they were all that great. But look, it's I think most teams, unless you're the Man City machine, is going to struggle to play games every three days. I think all these teams are seeing that. We've seen a lot of poor performances, so I don't know. I'll give them a pass on that one. But um, I think Casemiro is starting to show his worth. Yeah. I, think, I think that was a great header. I'm not even talking about goal scoring, really, but it's not uh, his job, right? No. United looked so much more solid, and I think we saw early on in the season with Erickson having to play deeper than he usually does. Didn't work out very well, but now when Erickson has that cover, I mean, it's like the shackles are off. Probably even more the case for Bruno, but, you know, Erickson just has more time on the ball. So I think that's a good trio moving forward for United. But um, penalty, though, was it a penalty? Yeah, I'm not crazy about that. Those kind of calls, but you've seen them given. I don't know. Oh, if, yeah. if you put your arms around someone on a corner kick, give a tug at their jersey, you're kind of asking for it. But I know if I was a United fan, I'd be I'd be upset. But justice is done in the end. United at least got a point. You know, it's quite a difference. You were mentioning Erickson coming back and having that anchor with Casemiro. It's quite a difference starting next to Fred or McTominay and Casemiro. And it's like just a slight yeah, bit of difference in quality. <laughs> you got like a four slash five time champions league winner, Brazil starter versus McTominay. Yeah. There are levels to this. Show. I, I've said this One on the show say. before. I mean, McTominay, <laughs> McTominay like would be a good player in the championship. Yeah. Yeah. Like he, he, he might get some minutes for like Lester. Maybe, <laughs> you know, uh, actually. Yeah. I, yeah, Actually, maybe I think indeed he would start over him if I'm being totally honest. Yeah. Anyway, so there are not many Premier League teams where you go in. It's like, oh, yeah, McTominay's the starter yeah. is my yeah. point. So like, yeah, going in and having Casemiro is a world of a difference. Yeah. So I don't know. Other than that, I thought this game was pretty boring. I mean, I, United were definitely the more attacking threat. I mean, Chelsea have a lot of XG from the penalty, but outside the penalty, I thought they did nothing personally. No, um, mm. no they didn't even like James control. injury sucks for them. Yeah, I mean, I mean they didn't one of their like, best players, but Chelsea didn't even dominate possession, and United aren't even at the point. And yes, Ten Hag is manager. Yes, it's like IX IX football at United, but United don't play that way yet. Like you're not seeing the possession-based dominant football. Oh, uh, it was pretty even. It's pretty even possession, but still, yeah, even even know. then, it felt like United had more like purpose on the ball, and Chelsea just kind of like not going anywhere, like passing for the sake of passing. And I don't know. Look, I'm not going to make a snap judgment on Graham Potter and Chelsea too early, but um, of all the big six clubs, it's still for me, they're the one that I just like. I don't know what to expect. I can't put a finger on them. Cause like, I thought they were like great against Spurs at the beginning of the season. And I've seen other mm. performances from them where I'm just, 
I'm not sure what I'm watching. Like I watched a little bit of that Brentford nil nil draw last week and good on you. So dull. I, yeah, I turned it off. I didn't get very far before I turned it off. So, <laughs> so. <laughs> one thing that I, I don't remember if we called out, but I'm going to call it out again since it keeps happening. Kappa in goal yeah, for dude. Chelsea. Yes. It keeps going and going. He has the confidence of Graham Potter where he's going in. It's like, hey, every spot is up for grabs except, you know, Cucurella. Every spot is up for grabs. <laughs> and Kappa, I mean, he keeps starting over many. This Pretty shock given Keppa's history at Chelsea yeah. Football Club. It's kind of shocking, but you know, he's put in a few good performances for them and doesn't look like he's going to be giving up the spot yet. Yeah. Go- goalkeeper is such a weird role in the sport. You know, it's kind of like being a kicker almost, but even like even more pressure because, like, what a weird life as a professional athlete because there's only one spot on the, on the club for you. And if you make like three mistakes in a short time period, like Mendy made, things could just drastically change. And like Kepa mm-hmm. was one of the like hottest goalkeeping prospects when he was bought for 70 million pounds. Is that, is this thing on? Yeah. 70 million pounds for goalkeeper. Think about that. That's insane. It's almost Harry Maguire money. That's crazy. <laughs> uh, Harry Maguire. No. Yeah. It's, it's, it's really <laughs> bad. Um, not really bad. It's just really, really strange. Uh, bad moment in this game, though. Um, not really totally clear what the implications are. There's conflicting are for this. reports on how long. Yeah. Yeah. Talking about Rafael Varane, uh, went down with a non contact injury. Looked like he was pointing to his knee, started crying and all the things because the World Cup is less than a month away, starting on November 20th. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Wow. That's crazy. Um, so any player who gets injured, you'll probably see them start crying around this time. Or Charles did the same thing. But we're seeing uh, reports of three weeks for on out. I it didn't really look like a three week kind of injury to me, but yeah, I guess we'll see. And uh, look, France is a country that is absolutely stacked in every position, let alone center back. So <laughs> no N'Golo Conte this time for France, though. Mm-mm. No, so we'll see how that goes. But they, they yeah, got a I mean, guy named Chalmeni though now, so Madrid, mm, Kamavinga too, true. I guess, and like ten other great center mids, I'm sure. So Varane went off injured. Surely Harry Maguire came in, but no, obviously not. We're not going to touch that. So Victor Lindelof comes in, and that's probably your starting too, is Lindelof and Lissandro Martinez. So we'll. We'll see how that goes for United. I'm not not sold on that pairing, but yeah, we'll find out. I would if I was Ten Hag, I would probably do the same thing. I just think look, I don't want to scapegoat Harry Maguire, but form matters and he's been yes, he's been that bad for that long. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah. There's just, a reason there are, I mean, people don't do it, just do it because he has a big ass slab head. I mean, it's because of how bad he's been. I mean, there's reason probably thousands of TikTok videos exist and are circulating because of this. 
I don't think I'm exaggerating. I'm probably no, yeah, sandbagging. It's, it's probably more. So probably many like, of them are so funny too. <laughs> <laughs> the one, the my favorite one is David De Gea. He gets a back pass and he sees Terry Maguire open, and then he like turns and kicks it out of bounds. <laughs> yeah. Didn't he it's kick it out favorite. for like a corner kick or some shit? Like that yeah, too? I think it was a throw in, but still, it's like uh, it's so funny. Like Harry Maguire. Anyway, besides the point, Chelsea won. United won unimpressed both teams united the better i probably three but maybe one is a good result but i don't know after that performance i'm not putting united in my top four kyle no way okay i mean they went stanford bridge but okay okay stanford bridge only Tottenham struggles there nottingham forest one liverpool nil yeah let me say that again you heard nottingham forest one liverpool nil I'm surprised, honestly, that we took this long to get to this game. Yeah. Liverpool, they beat City, right? We think, okay, here we go, Liverpool. All right, it's time. We're going to get we're gonna get cranking. Not to say you're going to win every game 9-0 because they had one of those earlier this year. But, you know, it's time to get cooking. No, this is Russell Wilson, like 2022, if you're a football fan of Liverpool. Mm-hmm. This is like they just – they have a high moment, and then it's followed by five low moments. It's – I don't know. What's wrong with this team? It's not one thing. That's no, what I know. Definitely not. It's definitely not one thing. And uh, uh, I mean, how many times have we had this conversation already this season? I mean, we've we've literally taken a stop after talking about a Liverpool match and said, what's the problem? And I think we've given like five plus answers yeah. already. And we've talked like in depth about how even like, Van Dyke losing a bit of pace can affect the whole press and the system and all these things and this that, and the other. Solana having great season injuries, Darwin Nunez headbutt, but like we're we're talking about like every area of the pitch, and it's it's a strange one. I mean, it's not like Liverpool didn't create chances this game. Van Dyke missed like three sitters, like yes, three different sitters that were all headers. That's what a weird game, but that did happen, especially at the very end. I guess that can happen, but on on the ground, open play, Liverpool just not you know creating. Who was, you know who was really poor, in my opinion, in this game? Hmm. Mohamed Salah. Are you are you are you now on the what's up with Salah train? It's not a train, but like I, I was here like maybe three episodes ago saying like Justin Salah worries me. I, I don't. Yeah. And then he scored a hat trick in five minutes in the Champions right. League. But it's like right. uh, I'm not on the train, but I'm like mm-hmm. scouring the web for tickets, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know? I, I just I don't like, I don't understand what what is up with his displays, though. Like, I, I don't think I mean, he just... hardly touched the ball. I mean, you go in the game, he's invisible. He had six passes in the whole game. He played 90 wow. minutes, completed four of them. Kyle. Hmm. I mean, yeah, that's, really, that's crazy. It's really weird. It's really weird. And especially what made this game extra weird is here's Liverpool with Jurgen Klopp. And it's kind of a disservice. We haven't talked about Forrest at all. We'll, we'll get there. But Liverpool with Jurgen Klopp, heavy metal football, so to speak, all about high pressing energy they run harder than every single team. What Forrest did in this game is they ran all over Liverpool. Oh and my God. Yeah. Like not talking about tactically what went wrong or players not playing well, or systems not working, but like 
literally the foundation of everything Klopp does for us just like blew them out of the water in terms of just like how hard they ran and press as a team for us for everything that they lack like quality everywhere on the pitch <laughs> which is weird because uh, they have a whole new team right a whole new team of bang average players but one thing they <laughs> you'll definitely get from them all season look they're gonna play with energy and fight no matter what. And the fact that I guess the fact that Steve Cooper already has him playing that way is a really good sign. Cause with like a whole new ass squad, I mean, I think like Yates and like one of the center backs are two of the only people that were on the team last year, Brennan Johnson mm-hmm. too. Right. He those didn't are, even start that game though. Those are literally all I can think of, but Forrest they're organized. They run hard Liverpool again, you know, we could analyze again, what's going wrong and we could come up with another another talking point and that isn't like a new reason why they're bad it's just more like there are five or so reasons why it's just not really working out so far but right. that being said it is a little early so it's calmed down a little bit but man the gap it's you gotta mind the gap though i mean it's, it's early but you know they're 10 points behind city 12 behind arsenal with the same amount of games played it's hard to see Liverpool outperforming City by 10 points, given everything we've seen with both teams. They're lucky so. it's only 10 points, put it that way. I'm actually really – I didn't look at the table after this week. I'm actually really surprised it's only 10 points. Between them and City? I mean, yeah. I mean that's three wins. I don't see City it, losing three more games. I mean – Yeah, right. Yeah, it's – I don't know. It's It's definitely not good. At what you know, point for a team in Liverpool that I picked Liverpool that I picked second? Yeah. Uh I don't know. Are they I mean, are they top four contenders in my mind still? They just have so much quality. Yeah. I can't eliminate them, but it's just if you take out the nine nil win, they're average, you know, they're zero in goal difference. Mm-hmm. You know, goal scoring creativeness has been a problem. You've had at the back problems. I wouldn't say like their defense was necessarily the problem this game, no. but like, I mean, and they look, they look old too, which is the first time we've seen Liverpool look old. Is that because James Milner's starting now? Hey, no, take it no, easy. no, no. Hey, okay. Speaking of not in this game, but the previous two games, James Milner, by the way, was awesome. I think. Liverpool barely beat West Ham 1-0. Uh, 1-0, yeah. Midweek, and James Milner had an insane clearance off the line, James, a.k.a. God Milner. So, uh, no, I'm not disrespecting the man himself. Come on. Okay, I just want to make that sure that we have it on the record. Yeah. Forrest, that's a big win, though, for Forrest. Massive. So I just want to make sure we don't neglect them. They are still bottom of the table, but now at least they're tied with nine points with a couple other teams with Leeds and Wolves. Yeah, those are the other two in the bottom too. Um, it's a big win for Nottingham as a team that haven't had much success all season. But I don't know. Maybe they're starting to integrate their players. They have Lingardinho, who I thought was probably one of their worst players out on the pitch this game. They have Morgan Gibbs-White that they brought big money from starting Wolves. Starting to look better, yeah. Starting to look better. He's playing more and more. Um, the striker, Awaniyi, I, I don't know how to pronounce it, but you know what I'm talking yeah. about. They're number mm-hmm. nine. 
Um, they have Johnson, as you mentioned, that comes off the bench or starts some games. Um, Ronan Lodi, the big purchase out of Atletico Madrid, came off the bench. It's a weird signing. Right. Serge Aurier, your boy, Tottenham legend, uh, started this game. And the good old Christmas tree formation. You got to love the Christmas tree. Kuyate, mm-hmm. you probably remember him from mm-hmm. Crystal Palace back in the yeah. day. I mean, it's just a bunch of, it's like if you remember the old Christmas specials, like the Island of Misfit Toys, like all these average things <laughs> and rusted a little bit and wash up yeah. at Nottingham. It's kind of what this team is. And, you know, yeah, you put it, you go, you dig through the dumpster enough, you're going to find some gems and maybe, maybe this is what it'll be. Maybe, maybe they'll be trash. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. It's a weird mix of like older players and young players that we don't know very well, championship players. Yeah. It's weird. Uh, one thing I will say real quick on Forest before we move on, the crowd is if 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 Nottingham Forest have any chance of staying up the season, the city ground, their stadium, mm-hmm. like is gonna be one of the big reasons. I mean, great atmosphere pretty much any time I've watched Forest play. And then at the end of the game, you see Dean Henderson, who had like eight saves or something, yeah, jump into the crowd, yeah, probably super hyped that he just beat Liverpool as a United guy, but uh, you know, pulled a Lambo leap at the city ground. So things you love to see. Mm. Yeah. The, the, at least they can pack like almost 30 grand into that thing on like Bournemouth where they have like 11,000. It's like a, I just, I don't know. Bournemouth yeah. really bugs me. It's unfair. All right, let's move on. Uh, Liverpool though. You just got to end it with Liverpool and start it with it's just concerning. Lots yeah. of concerns with Liverpool. Top to bottom. I, they play Ajax midweek. That's a big game, actually. Yeah, they're lucky Ajax is struggling in a way because uh, Napoli are flying. Mm-hmm. Napoli have already qualified. I don't think Liverpool have been that great in the Champions League either. No, they be, They were lucky. On, I mean, not lucky. Their finishing was bad. They outplayed Ajax. But yeah, I mean, if they lose to Ajax this game, then Liverpool has to play Napoli. And there's mm-hmm. a chance. But uh, Liverpool are probably fine. Uh, they host Leeds next, which is either a good or a bad thing. And then away at Tottenham. Mm. 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 <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Speaking of Tottenham. Oh, no. <laughs> anything you wanted to get out before my segue? Speaking of Tottenham, we talked all about, you know, how they were lifeless and, you know, just absolute dog shit against Manchester United. Not quite the case against Newcastle, but they lost at home. At home to Newcastle, Saudi Arabia, United, 2-1. to one. Kyle, is your East washed? What's happening? Uh, here we go again. This conversation again that I see play out on social media. Every, I just need to stop reading comments. Why do you go to, you know more about me than social media. How's it? I, it's, it's, it's bad. Sometimes I'm like curious in the same way that like, you know, if you see a button that is red and just says, do not touch. Uh-huh. Yeah. You're just you're curious obviously about it. Touch it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, is Yoris washed? I mean, okay. I mean, this is coming from, look, terrible mistake. A lot of Spurs fans saying it's a foul. He, he rushes out of the area. Oh, for a reason, yeah. I don't know why out of the box can't use his hands decides to like like give it like a little pelvis pelvic thrust kind of thing yeah like he does get at the gym and you have the weight on it yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> he does hit it around Callum Wilson and Callum Wilson does like kind of get an arm around him but like 
that would be such a soft foul to give. Uh, Yoris goes down outside of the box and Eric Dyer has a goal is gaping behind him. Eric Dyer just decides to yell at the ref and complain and like gets confused or something and doesn't realize like, oh, dude, man. go to the line like ASAP. And you're really, you're really setting up Eric Dyer right here for the second goal. Anyway, sorry. Yeah, it's just, so look, Yoris, like many of the other great goalkeepers in the world, and I do truly believe this Neuer and uh, has always had this about him and uh, De Gea as well. But like Yoris makes mistakes. And this is right after Yoris had an amazing game against United. Let's not get it twisted. He was amazing against United, really kept mm. Spurs even in the same universe. And mm. he always has a propensity to drop a total Duke on the field. He did against Arsenal. He has against Newcastle. So, no, I don't think he's washed. That being said, he is 35, but goalkeepers can go to 40. So I'm not that worried about it. It's just like, man, when these Yuri's mistakes are happening are just, he's not picking good moments. <laughs> it doesn't help this narrative that like I kind of feed into that spirits don't show up in big games. So no, he's not a wash, but I don't know. Do you think he is? No, no, that's a, it's a bait question. You know, yeah, I like to stir figured, the pot. No, I, I don't think it's much. It was an awful mistake, though. I mean, Terrible, I in no dude. universe is that a foul to me. He's outside now the box. He's a player. He's not a goalie at that point. You know, like there's no way in hell if that's a normal player. Say it's a defender, you're calling that a foul. Yeah, there's no way. So no, really unimpressed with Spurs back line in this game specifically. Uh, their back line was Davinson, Sanchez, Dyer, and Longley. I mean, Dyer, as you mentioned, did not obviously have a good game. Davinson Sanchez has never done it for me, and I know you agree no. uh, there. Longley, what's your opinion on Longley? Yeah, it's this an interesting season? one. Is he, is, he, is he like a worthy starter? Would you rather have a Ben Davies in there? I know how you feel about Romero. Like, what, what's, your, what's your opinion there? Yeah, I think he's a better player than Davies. That being said, Davies, like, truly, if any player has taken Conte's tactics and, like, truly understood them as Davies, because, like, as a center back, he kind of does what, like, Sheffield United did that one season, like, overlapping center back thing. Davies does that. Well, but... it's the Swansea City brain in him. Yeah, yeah I get oh, it. right. You know. Yeah, yeah. It's like, it all players ties... there, yeah. It all ties back to Brendan <laughs> Rodgers somehow. Uh <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but no, I, look, I think Longley is a different class player. That being said, though, first mistake, he got absolutely rinsed by Miguel Almiron on the second goal. Well, a lot of players are, to be fair, this season. Yeah, that's true. Almiron's on six goals, by the way. More fantasy yeah. points than Mohamed Salah. Just got to say. Mm. Uh, Atlanta United mm. legend Miguel Almiron. But look, actually, uh, yeah, Longley has had good or decent performances in every game uh, i think he was actually pretty good in this game but that moment like he just got absolutely like put on skates by almiron in his own box so yeah i'd put that on him but that goal had like uh, two yoris mistakes in my opinion sessignon was absent so it wasn't just him i, I like Longley, but um i know that's where conte wants to spend the big money center back and mm. I mean, I'd rather keep Longley over Davies, but Davies been a good servant of the club. So I don't know why not replace Eric Dyer though. Cause I look, I agree with you. Dyer was, he's been great for about a year. 
he's been atrocious the last two games and he's kind of like reverting back to the mean and uh, your assessment of Sanchez is spot on. Just I've never seen a former Ajax player so poor on the ball. He is, mm. he, he just makes you nervous. Like, and he makes his teammates nervous. You can see it and feel it. And any Spurs fan will tell you the same. So would you rather have Harry Maguire or Devin Sanchez? <laughs> Jeez. It's got to be Maguire, right? I mean, big picture for his career, definitely Maguire. No brainer. But it's been a long time for Maguire. But Sanchez has never shown quality on the ball. Yeah, it's never. Yeah. Never. Never. At least Harry Maguire had a good spell. Like, Maguire hasn't lost his England spot either. Might happen. But uh, Ooh, Sanchez, yeah. lost his, Sanchez lost his spot on Colombia. Mm. So... Mm. No bueno. Uh, what I will Let's say talk about real Newcastle quick, real quick: oh, Romero yeah. and Hoiberg injuries. I don't think they're serious, but that's concerning. All right, I'm done. Yeah, I, I didn't think Basuma or Skip were that good in this game, and I, I think I still think they're good players, but I don't think they did yeah. much in this game. Uh, let's talk about Newcastle for a second before we go back to Tottenham because I think they deserve some some chatter here. No, I don't think they necessarily outplayed Tottenham, given the mistake, but clearly big picture. Their players have been showing up this season. Yeah. You have Joel Linton, one time most hated player by me on this podcast. <laughs> Revolutionized, by the way, by Eddie Howe. Turned into this like center mid, attacking mid threat. I don't I don't understand, but here we are. Miguel Almarone has been really good. Uh, Callum Wilson, when healthy, has been a good servant of the club, as I would say. Isak, that coming back from injury, I don't know when, probably after the World Cup. Uh, Kieran Trippier, doing a really good job for the club. Probably one of the best players in for Newcastle this game. They have Nick oh, yeah. Pope, new keeper, that's doing really well. Saint Maximum uh, still isn't even back. Same, yeah, not Saint Maximum. They're probably most electric player. Um, talking about electric players back in Newcastle from though Bruno Guimaraes man I really rate him Guimaraes, yeah he looks really good. really good and so Newcastle I think you know we talked about this I think you had them I had them second um, for best of the rest rankings I mean they're clearly best of the rest right now I think most consistent you know they went through a form where they had a lot of draws but they haven't lost many games in fact they've only lost one game this season Newcastle and uh, they're starting to find their wins. I, I think right now, I mean, Brighton have found a little dip in form Newcastle, I think are clear best of the rest. Yeah. And the thing with Newcastle is like, I actually think they've already hit their bad patch of form or one of their bad patches of form when they didn't win. And yeah, and they're still up there. And mm-hmm. this is with, uh, you know, Callum Wilson was out for like the whole beginning of the year. St. maximan has been out for most of it. Those are like, yeah before this transfer window those are their two most important players right so uh you know now actually jolinson was actually injured in this game too and like still they found someone to give them something and uh i'm with you man yeah they didn't dominate this game i don't even think they edged the stats i mean i'd have to double check that it felt pretty even to be totally honest with you but look good teams take advantage of their chances. And that's exactly what Newcastle did. Like keeper mistake. Okay. Like Callum Wilson still needs to have a nice dinked finish with his weaker foot. And it was a good goal. And uh, Mm -hmm. Tottenham, I'm sure we'll talk about this more, but you know, when they were vulnerable after feeling 
sorry for themselves and shit like they always do after their first goal. Newcastle take advantage and hit them where it hurts. Mm -hmm. They like put their foot down. So I'm impressed with uh, Newcastle. I actually think it'll only get better from here, like big picture, uh, because I, we haven't even seen like Isak, Bruno Guimaraes, and Saint Maximin all yeah. on the same team with a good delivery from Trippier from the right. I mean, like, you know, Sven Botman is a really good center back that I, he's huge. He's a beast. Mm -hmm. Like they've got some good <laughs> yeah. players, man. So I don't know. Yeah. I don't, I wouldn't put them in champion, even though they're in fourth currently, I wouldn't put yeah, them anywhere in champions league, but like the definitely like conference league sixth place race for sure. I'm at the point um, where I would expect them to challenge for top four next year. Seriously. Yeah. Cause they, they're building slowly, you know, they didn't go for the Instagram rumors, so to speak. Right. They didn't splash it on Mbappe. Not that he would go to Newcastle, but you know, do you remember those like Mbappe is its own. Do you remember those stories of like Newcastle's new look 11 under after the takeover? And it's like literally the 11 best <laughs> Messi, players in the world. Mbappe, Holland. Yeah. <laughs> like someone actually went to KDB. journalism school to write that shit. Get out of here. Come on. <laughs> I don't know. That's like the sun and the mirror and that sort of thing, yeah. right? The standard is not not great. Not great. Uh, so, I mean, I'm very impressed with Newcastle. Next couple of games for them. I think they have Villa next, which is interesting given good evening. Uh, and then we'll, then they go to Southampton and then host Chelsea. Those are the three Premier League games before the World Cup. I mean, they should win two of those, uh, yeah. I think. Yeah. No, they're a good side, and they're they're gonna give some people some issues. I, I bet they take down a few other big teams. And they've lost one game. Yeah. I, I can see them probably struggling against teams that sit back against them. But uh, that being said, they've got you a couple players that. who can pick a lock. You know, you say that, but they drew against United. They beat Everton. They absolutely decimated Brentford. And they smoked Fulham, too. So, I mean, Everton would be the one test where they would sit back because they have a pretty yeah. good defense. And they were able to break him down and Miguel Almiron goal in that game. So I was mean, that the one nil goal or game? Mm -hmm. That yeah. goal, by the way, I was at that was midweek, I think. Uh, where uh, I yes, think he, yes, he yes. Took yes. it on first time, curled it far post. Man, that was a beautiful finish. Talk about in form. I think he has two of the best goals this season because I still think he has a goal of the season. That one outside the boot. Oh, volley. Yes. Poof, yeah. Outrageous. Yeah. That's all happened in like the last like week and Month. a half. Or yeah. <laughs> Tottenham. Yeah. <laughs> Does Harry Kane have the most underrated 10 goals in a season through 12 games ever? <sighs> Probably. Yeah, it's a weird one. I mean, look, no one is talking about Kane, Mitrovic, Tony, all have 10, 9, yeah. and then eight goals. Probably right. So <laughs> I mean, obviously Holland is, is like just a lab creation and it's just not fair. Uh, I just finished watching house of dragons and I'm just like, dude is a Targaryen. Dude is a fucking Targaryen. <laughs> no doubt about it. Uh, anyway, but um, it's a weird one. Cause I still don't think Kane is like playing as Pete Kane, but the goal scoring is there 10 goals in what? 11 games. Right. 12 but yeah i mean games. yes yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah i mean 
10, go- 10 goals on pace for 30. I mean, 31. I mean, that's really good. Do you think his counterparts are doing the job, though? I mean, you could say know. Kane. It's not all on Kane. It's the service that he gets, and it's, the, you know, the attacking play behind him. And, of course, we can't we can't forget that Spurs have some injuries. Richarlison and Kulusevsky has been out the past few games in attack. And Lucas I think they really miss it. Pretty much all season, too. Oh, yeah. I mean, Lucas Bolsonaro Mora, I don't know that we yeah, really right. rate him that high. I mean, I mean, sure. A player I don't love, he's, he frustrates me. But those are three injuries in the exact same position. That's yeah. a problem. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so Spurs have been, injuries. What, what people who aren't Spurs fans won't understand, I don't blame you because, like, I, they would frustrate the health. They're bad for your health. If you're not a Spurs fan, don't recommend it. But uh, <laughs> they've been forced into playing this 3-5-2 system. Uh-huh. And it's just too defensive for me. Yeah, Kane and Sonner, the two strikers. But without Kulisevsky, this team does not have creativity with Conte's system because the wingbacks, Perisic can do it. Sessignon, maybe he's young and I'm still not sure. The right wing back, though, it is it's a problem. The problem position for Spurs in this formation for sure. I mean, you have Doherty who lacks overall quality, and then you have Emerson who's just not a right wing back. And so it's just yeah, it's it's poor. And I mean, even I know you mentioned Kulisevsky, but at least Spurs were finding results and doing Richarlison was kind of in a groove yeah. and they without him as well. And so you're putting a lot of pressure on Kane and son. And I just don't think son has been doing the business, honestly. No. I mean, uh, and it's a lot of weight and it's a lot of pressure to carry, but he hasn't stepped up outside of a hat trick in garbage time of a game. He hasn't done much. this Right. Season. And he's looked good in like one or two champions league games, but it's literally been like, you know, moments. Uh, out of a poor season for son and it's a bummer to follow up his like golden boot winning performance he just finished 11th in the ballon d'or ratings Mm. and he's been he's been really bad this season and uh mostly in possession like he loses the ball way too often like his first touch his first touch more than anything has been poor this season and his decision making so but look i'm still it's not doom and gloom for me. It's been a bad week. Spurs lost twice in a row, but going to United and hosting the best of the rest, pretty good. But I'm more concerned about the mentality. Their heads just dropped after Yoris. And look, man, I've been saying this shit for 20 years at this point. The mentality is weak at Spurs. And that's where this whole Spursy thing comes from that everyone loves to, you know, you know, poke fun at me for. And honestly, like, Anyone who knows anything about the Premier League is probably like, yeah, that makes sense. So I think it's telling. Anyway, let's move on from this misery. Uh, Bournemouth and home away at Bournemouth and home at Liverpool. Your next two Premier League games, you gotta you gotta be Bournemouth. Sandwiched in between Champions League matches, right? Which right. is the good the good teams have Champions League matches, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I can't, I can't say sure. Right, let's right talk now to this week. So sorry, I'm not gonna go there. <laughs> Let's talk about Leeds United for a little bit. So this is a team that started off super hot, super hot. I mean, I think they were near top of the table, fourth, third, uh, through the end of August about, they haven't won a game since. And here they are. They sit nine points in 18th, Kyle, your last five games, draw Aston Villa, lose palace, lose Arsenal, lose Leicester, lose Fulham. How worried do we have to be about Jesse Marsh and the Leeds job? Yeah, this is like the moment 
that I don't think either of us or any American fan wanted to come, but uh, no, the pressure is starting to build and you probably have to say, I mean, it feels a little early, but the performances haven't been great. I mean, like, I think there've been some circumstances, you know, your striker being injured the whole time. And then when he comes back, misses like 50 chances in two games. Uh, sure. In Bamford, but still, still, man. Um, look, what worries me, not even just what I think or even what the speculation is, but what worries me is Fulham chant, Fulham fans chanting, you'll be sacked in the morning. Yes, fans love to banter, but that sort of chant usually doesn't come out unless like it's in the realm of possibility. And then uh, as far as sports journalism goes, the athletic is probably as, as bonafide as you can get as legit as you can get in the sports journalism world that in like real sports on HBO. Um, but the athletic headline that came out today, this morning, Jesse Marsh in Leeds is not working. Mm. So, and they have a lot of American sports coverage too. So it's not like this is just a very mm-hmm. English perspective coming out with a lot of anti-American prejudice and all that. It's a, uh, yeah, it's concerning. Um, I think it'd be too early, but I don't know. I have a lot of thoughts, but what are you thinking? Doesn't have to be a crisis yet. Is my is my take on it. I mean, I, if he was Watford manager, he'd be gone in a Watford second <laughs> for sure. But he's not. And looking, I found a good um, good tweet here from a English analytics guy. Leeds goal difference, XG difference, and and the soccer power index are all better than last season when they had Rafinha and Calvin Phillips still on that team. I mean, Phillips doesn't play this year, but besides the point. And even after like these losses, Kyle, the like the sports bookies um, don't have Leeds favored to be relegated. They still have Bournemouth in there and Forest and all that. So I think it's been a really, really tough run of form. But not that I expect Leeds to like, oh my gosh, turn it around, win, win, win. But I don't, I don't think they're as bad as the results have been going for them. Yeah. And I would expect you know more draws and wins to be sprinkled in. Yeah. No. With that said, I mean, you know. Nine points through 11, 12, 11 games, however many they play. That's not good. Yeah, it's just more like yeah. I feel like Leeds' ownership might feel the pressure just because of how things work now, mm-hmm. which I don't think is a good reason. But there are no. there are a good amount of managers out there that are uh, jobless. Okay, uh, name game. Who would you rather have? Would you rather have... Uh, well, it's like what's realistic. Brunelage? Then no. Jesse Marsh, no, no. I mean, there are a lot of like big names that you could go for, but like one that would fit like Zidane, Pochettino, but uh, it's eh, it too small. No, yeah, I mean, Villa yeah. was too small for him. Uh, God, Lopetegui's free. What's Gerard? No, well, that's what's weird is like of all the available managers, like whose style fits. Because Leeds want to play high pressing, bring up young players, energy attacking. That is Jesse Marsh. And of those who are available, I mean, maybe Tuchel, but like, yeah, that's not going to happen. Um, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, Rafa th- Benitez. Is oh, he out there? No, <laughs> no not going to happen. Sam Allardyce. <laughs> but. Um, but look, I guess this 
brings me to the question is, is Jesse Marsh next to leave? Um, uh, maybe it is time to bring out a little mini ramen, not like formally, but like who, who's, who has a higher temperature ramen than Jesse Marsh? Like who, who's bubbling? Is there anyone that's bubbling more than Jesse Marsh? Cause I don't think you could say that about Brendan Rogers. Mm, probably not right Austin now Hoodle, maybe but i still no think i mean they just i mean we'll get to them in a second but i mean they had a good result against a top team southampton is always going to be down here given their investment and how many young players they have um bournemouth they're doing the interim coach thing right because they they fired their manager already uh i don't think anyone's hotter than Marsh. Right, uh, then Marsh as of the second. I don't think it's super hot for anyone, though, if that makes sense. Yeah, Gerard's just kind of boiled really quickly, didn't it? Yeah, like, like the water in a volcano in two yeah, weeks, you know. Like things can happen quickly. Like, I don't know, things go sideways at Everton. That's a risk. At Southampton, that's a risk. Uh, Yeah, yeah, man. I don't know. I don't know. All right. Well, that's it for Leeds. I think that before we get to rapid fire, we'd be remiss not to mention that Aston Villa, as of as of today, has hired Good Evening. We've been mentioning this at least a few times on this podcast. Unai Emery, former Arsenal manager, has been confirmed to be the new Aston Villa manager. Kyle, this is a it's good to have him back in the prem. I think you know much different than Steven Gerrard. Yeah. He has managed at top clubs around the world. He's been at PSG. He's been at Arsenal, Villarreal. Not so much a top club, but he was able to win the Europa League there. He has he has a manager managerial resume for sure. Oh, yeah. and, you know more so than Dean Smith did, even did much more so than Steven Gerrard. This is going to be a class manager for Villa. Um, so I'm very interested to see what he does over the coming yeah. weeks and. Know, really refine and train his players during the world cup and then after that to really have the yeah. system so I'm, I'm really curious to see how they play yeah i mean you don't go from what well, i think he started bill bow maybe but i don't think you go from at least i know from sevilla to psg to arsenal to villarreal you know if you're a bad manager right um look last time he was in the league with arsenal i think he got a lot of flack I mean, he mm -hmm. followed up Wenger. That's really difficult to do, no matter how Wenger left the club, at least of how they performed. But I think he got a lot of unfair flack. Um, and I think maybe that's because you expect this free-flowing attacking manager if you're Spanish. Um, that is not Unai Emery. I mean, they play good possession-based stuff, but they're also solid. Um which Spanish managers tend to not be. So look, I'm, I'm looking forward to him coming back and it's a really intriguing appointment from Villa because I think this is one that I could both see being a good like marriage. And it's also aiming high, you know, cause I think when I Emery, we're, we're debating like, is he a world-class manager? And we, I think we both agree. He's like tier two. And mm -hmm. I, I think he's not that far outside of that circle personally. And look, this is coming from a Spurs fan talking about a former Arsenal manager. And I'm just looking forward to seeing him try to pronounce Aston Villa. <laughs> Ashton Villa. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, look, I, 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 got, I got love for Emery. I'm, I'm excited to see him back. 
Yeah, it's definitely another really good manager in the prem. So excited to see that they Aston Villa. Yeah, I mean, start there. We'll just go to straight to rapid fire out of order. But speaking of Aston Villa with their temp manager, uh, Danks, I think of his last name. No way. Four nil. <laughs> no. I think so. Let me see. Yeah, sure. Please God, let that be true. Let's uh, let's do a fact check our interns. Aaron Danks. Uh, I love him already. <laughs> yeah. Interim manager swept away Brentford 4-0. I mean, just didn't take Gerard to be gone very long for them to actually want to play. No, I'm just kidding. But they absolutely blew Brentford away. It wasn't even close. You sometimes see, if you're new to the Premier League and new to the sport, you sometimes see this with like the new, quote-unquote, new manager bounce. But this isn't even mm-hmm. a new manager bounce. It's literally just manager leaves kind of bounce. And suddenly out of nowhere... <laughs> Leeds have probably like or Aston Villa probably equaled their like goal tally for the whole season in this game or something. I mean, it certainly feels like it. That's for sure. Oh yeah. So they had seven goals coming into the game. So, I mean, not that far off. Uh, Everton three nil over palace Everton scoring three goals. There's another shocker. Yeah. Even more shocking. Did you see the last goal from Dwight McNeil? I did not see the last. Okay. I saw Uh, the first two. Everton, this club that's like devoid of any talent, beautiful, beautiful play where McNeil beats a couple players from like his half field line, runs outside of the box, plays a quick one, two with Alex Awobi and Awobi inside the six yard box back heel puts it on a plate for McNeil and they just slice through, uh, palaces D like butter back heel hmm. one, two, Awobi and Dwight McNeil. Okay. Okay. Wobie and Dwight McNeil. That's the quality combo you didn't see happening. It's like uh it's like a hot dog and cream cheese, right? Like stuff that by itself aren't that good. And then you put them together and it's actually not bad. Anyone not from Seattle will be disgusted by this. And anyone who lives in Seattle is kind of like, wow, I can't believe this actually kind of works. Uh Everton. Oh, first time. Last note about Everton. Calvert Lewin and Anthony Gordon both playing in this starting eleven. That's actually semi-attacking quality, more so probably for Gordon. Calvert Lewin is just a big tree out there that sometimes yeah. gets goals. You'll remember a couple seasons ago, he uh-huh. had like ten goals through the first ten games, and right? I think five through the rest of the Prem or something. Yeah, he he's been living okay. off that uh reputation, the reputation earned from that half season his whole career. I mean, he's still talked about as like a 40 to 50 million pound player. I think it's just because he's English. Because that to me English is tax, ludicrous. Yeah. Ludicrous. Yeah. Uh, Man City three, Brighton one. You know, City lost to Liverpool last weekend. Since then, it's, you know, folk, we're focused on the mission. They didn't play midweek against Arsenal. That would have been a great game. But, of course, Arsenal had to play Europa. So, Back on track for City, Holland two goals, back on track, 17 goals through 11 games on pace for, I don't know, 58 goals or something. Did that in my head. I don't know if that's right. Sounds right, though. No, nah, it sounds about right. Kevin De Bruyne, a banger, by the way. Um, oh, yeah. For that third can't, goal. can't forget my boy, KDB. But yeah, yeah uh, Holland Disgusting. only scored twice this game. What a chump. Uh, it's terrible. <laughs> Plays Dortmund tomorrow. That's not going to be good for Dortmund. We also, by the way, reminder, Justin and I did an over and under 20 goals for Holland at the beginning of the season. Yeah. I just have, have to, to tell myself that every time. Cause we have to eat, we have to, <laughs> we have to eat crow. We have to eat crow. We said 20 below 20 premier league goals. I was 17. Just, 
I was just trying not to hype him up too much because I don't like to you do could, that. You would like, never, you could God. not have hyped him up enough. Uh, apparently. Goodness, God. Yeah, City back on track. They play Leicester next in the Premier League. They might get six in that game. Yeah, yeah. Brighton no win. Johnny Evans vout phase is Oof. stopping him. No. Sorry, Brighton what? I was just going to say, Brighton real quick, winless since their new manager arrived, but that doesn't paint mm. the whole picture. They've played really tough games. I think Spurs, Liverpool, and uh, City all in that. So Yeah, they played Liverpool where they drew. They lose to Tottenham. They lost to, to Brentford. Tied Forest. Those are two mm, results for Brighton for sure. They played Chelsea next. Terrible run. The Zerbi. Is he on the hot seat? No, I'm just kidding. No, well, I no, hope it's Watford. I hope uh, Southampton won. Arsenal won. Arsenal, this is a team that hadn't drawn a game all season. Drops points away at Southampton. That is a, you know, for a team that, you know, fans were getting very loud on Twitter about how they're title contenders. Mm, that doesn't do you much. It doesn't back up your argument to say your title contenders. Look, they rotate their squad slightly, slightly, not even that much, honestly. And I don't know. I don't know, Kyle. I yeah. mean, they're an injury away from being bad. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah. Bad as in bad as in not their current form. Right. Not bad as in like Aston Villa bad. There's there's levels to this. Yeah, I mean specifically Thomas Partey and uh, Gabriel Jesus. I mean beyond that, I mean let's. I'm trying to think who they. I mean Saliba would be a pretty bad. I mean they didn't really. Tommy Yasu started at left back, but he's not even like a backup necessarily. But he hasn't been playing that much. Um, That's about it, though. I mean they didn't rotate. I mean they brought out some subs, but like I don't know. Yeah, just underwhelming performance. Yeah, yeah. I mean this just. Look, it's it's one lackluster performance against a pretty poor team, but they were away. So, look, this is why I'm just you and I. We're we're cooler heads. This is where cooler heads prevail, right? Uh, look, Arsenal have been the best team so far this season, but you're not title contenders after ten games. Period. End of story. They played a lot of other good games at home. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, but look, it just I'll just put this down to like a not fantastic performance, but I'm, I'm, they're not very deep and that will, unless things go smoothly and they can pull Liverpool like that one year and not sub anyone at all. That almost mm. never happens though. No, um, unless they're able to do that. It, you know, they'll still be, Espe- especially with a world cup in the middle of the season where there's so many injuries and players are going all out in that thing, yeah. playing games every four days. I don't know. Yeah. We'll see Forrest next for Arsenal. Their easy run. Continue. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Forrest next and then away at Chelsea. I was going to say, I feel like a friend of the pod, Jose, is not going to be happy with that statement you just made. <laughs> oh, you know, I'd like to stir the pot. Yeah. Uh, Leicester four, Wolves nil. That's a score line that'll shock you. Not because Leicester can what? score goals, because they can. They have a lot of goals, actually, this season. They just concede a lot, but... At one point in this game, very late in the game, Leicester had four shots and four goals. And that basically tells you everything about this game. Wolves had about 20 shots and zero goals. Wolves can play great free-flowing soccer, attacking soccer, get it into the box, but they cannot, for the love of God, score. No, not at all. Yeah. It's been Um, this way. 
for, for like many years now at this point. I mean, the one year when they have five goals, Kyle. Five. Yeah. Yep. Holland has 17. <laughs> oh, man. It's such a strange one because like all their crafty, creative players, good players, but what they lack is end product and that decision making. I mean, the only thing they lack, they had 2.1 XG in this game. It's wild. Like they have the shots. They just can't score. Yeah, Yeah, it's bizarre. Um, What I'm most shocked. Well, look, you know, you're. You know your attack is bad if you don't even score a goal against Leicester. <laughs> you know Diego Costa, not the business. I mean, he's thirty-five. Come on, give the guy a break. Uh, what suddenly I've become a Diego Costa apologist. Uh, I know. Like, what, is <laughs> uh, what can I say? Real quick, hey, uh, Zlatan at thirty-five would be scoring. Oh Same. yeah, but but he's he's a lion, and everyone else are mere men. So that's you know, true. But uh, Tielemans banger, by the way. If you want to watch a goal from this weekend, you're a Tielemans. You're welcome. He has a couple of these every year, for sure. I He's mean, finally getting better what a play- this season. Yes. Yeah. Yes, 100%. Yeah. Uh, lastly, West Ham 2, Bournemouth nil. After so much time, Bournemouth, without losing a game, they dropped two in a row this week uh, to Southampton and to Bournemouth. I think this is the turning of the tides for Bournemouth. I think that the wheels are going to start falling off a little bit. You know, they had this interim manager imbalance. They're drawing a lot of games, getting some unexpected wins against bottom of the table sides against like Nottingham and Leicester and that sort of thing. But now they have to play Tottenham and Leeds, which are bottom, but then Everton, very pragmatic. And then Chelsea and Palace and United and all these games. And I think the the wheels are going to start to fall off and interim manager is going to be over his head a little bit. Yeah, yeah. At the end of the day, Bournemouth just lack any sort of quality. You know, I mean, you're like banking on a couple young players who had all this promise who just haven't lived up to their potential, like Dominic Solanke. And mm-hmm. besides that, I mean, Jefferson Lerma is a pretty good player, but like they just they lack quality. And West Ham, I I would say, um, not impressive, but they got the job done, and that's all that matters. And with uh, Skamaka starting to play well, and you know that bodes well. Have not seen any good performances. You know, maybe it's because I haven't watched the full West Ham game, but I haven't seen much of Lucas Paqueta yet. I, ex- I expect that to change. But what I'm really surprised about is Jared Bowen has not had a good season. So after being like my fantasy EPL cheat code last season he just <laughs> hasn't been doing the business so i don't have him this year but feel bad for whoever drafted him early uh west ham goes to united uh this upcoming weekend which i think should be a pretty good game i don't know if you'll see yeah. paquetta because he has like a shoulder knock but mm. um the times that i have seen him play i've been he looks like a good player so yeah i don't know well yeah like we'll see. Well, that's that's a wrap on this episode. This is a beefer. I mean, two match weeks in one, you're going to have a lot of content. We had a manager, our fourth manager sacking of the season. It's not Halloween. I mean, I thought last year was bad, but now last year we had like seven out by Christmas, right? Or something crazy. Yeah, we had more than 10 managerial sackings over the whole course of the season. So, oh my God. Yeah. Nature of the beast at this point. 
you know, if American sports had re- if, if American sports had relegation, you'd say the same type of thing. Yeah, it's funny because maybe it's a good time to talk about this. Keeping at the end of a pod, yeah. I mean, whatever. I was reading that uh, Adam Silver and NBA sources are finally starting to talk about because the 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 craving to tank is so real this year with Wembanyama, that French guy. Yeah, you take it from someone whose team is. If you look at the roster, they're trying to tank. But uh, I I was reading that Adam Silver is starting to discuss whether or not relegation would ever be a possibility i don't think i don't ever see it happening but i don't know what what, what are your thoughts on that it would be so cool but the the owners won't go for it it's not an american culture is the problem yeah Uh, i don't think we'll ever see it i would love to yeah yep mls won't even do it no and that would actually work i think mls because like i I think it would i think you could do it I think you could yeah. do it. But I, you know, all the comments, you could tell it's a very American perspective, but like, again, me going down the comments, which I probably shouldn't do, but they're actually all pretty reasonable. It's just most people are like relegated to what the G league. I mean, the gap in talent is so great, but like it would take a massive overhaul. I mean, it'd, that's, yeah, it'd be a huge investment. You probably couldn't even have 30 teams in the NBA, which would be a problem with a lot of owners. And yeah, so Probably wouldn't work, but I'll just all I would say is the Premier League was formed in 1992, and it was the old tiered system. It was still a tiered system, but it was still very different. I mean, to the point where people, even pundits, act like football didn't exist before 1992 in England, which is, I mean, the sport was invented there. But anyway, I just thought that was interesting. Yeah, yeah, I love love relegation. Like yeah. you could see, you know. Same. Just the Mariners, like, the Mariners would have been out of them. The Major League Baseball. Yeah, a, a lot of us would experience serious pain, but like tanking is such a lame ass like concept to me that is just so weird. Mm. And also, look at the end of last season. It's it's not just someone going for the title or the championship. It's going for top four. It's going for mm-hmm. even Europa League can get spicy. The relegation battle is spicy. It's just it makes yeah. sense. Well, next week, Kyle, on uh, in the Premier League, let's see what we have uh, in store. I know we have... Tottenham-Bermouth, match of the weekend. Just kidding. We have <laughs> Liverpool-Leeds. Oh. No, big match for both clubs, both out of form. So somebody can, will find it. I could see Leeds giving And then United-West Ham. A lot of weird matchups, like Arsenal-Nottingham... Brighton, Chelsea, maybe, but nothing like no big six matchup, no like sexy matchup. United West Ham is the sexiest matchup we have. I could see West Ham giving, I I could see West Ham giving United problems and Leeds giving Liverpool problems just because what those two teams are good at and what, Mm -hmm. like, I think teams with energy would give Liverpool problems this year. And I think teams that sit back will give United problems. And that's exactly what Leeds and, uh, it's called West Ham do respectively. So yeah, it'll be interesting. I'm going to call it now. West Ham will get at least one point in that game. I'm going to, I'm going to agree with that bet. Where's the game? Old Trafford. Old Trafford. Ooh. Yeah. That's a, it's dicey. It's dicey, but it's definitely not the betting favorite and I'll probably eat crow, but frame it as a, an outside bet. 
as an outside cheeky bet on mm-hmm. West Ham getting a point. Cause I, I think they can give them some issues. Yeah. All right. Well, this has been a beefer. Thank you for listening. Follow us on all the platforms. We will be back next week to talk about all the spicy matchups and see if Holland against Leicester breaks that 20 goal threshold that we set in the beginning of the season, which is not, uh, not crazy odds. All right. See you next week.